people say they always get so into what their work or into what they're doing and then they, they re don't realize that oh okay it's been four hours five hours I haven't even moved out of my seat and they're in that like caveman position so your head's bobbed forward your shoulders are rolled in, rolled forward your hips are tucked under and that's why we have such bad hamstrings and lower backs because when we're sitting it's shrinking it's shrinking our hamstrings. It's making them super tight, which is pulling on our lower back. So that's pretty much the common case of why we have lower back pain. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. Now today, I'm bringing on another special guest. We have Holly Mack coming on, who has an interesting story. Now she's going to be talking about her passion of teaching mobility, as well as kettlebells. We haven't talked about kettlebells yet on this show, so I'm excited to talk about this and shine some light on this topic. Now, Holly has actually had the opportunity to represent Canada in the world in her weight class, so super excited to share this uh, topic with you, this topic and information, how she's traveled the world, and what she's doing now to help her clients and members be able to be more flexible. And I think mobility is an important subject alone. Very cool that we get a chance to talk about both here in the same show. You heard Holly there talk at the beginning of the show of how we have the inability to be just mobile because we sit all day. Most of us are in, in the seated position and we become inflexible day in and day out and we're not stretching we're not finding a way to lengthen our ligaments and tendons and muscles and i think that's where a lot of injuries come from especially concerning the lower back so we got all kinds of tips suggestions and more coming up so sit back and enjoy get all that coming up uh... this is exploring mind and body naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host drew tadia yep all right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Today we have another special guest Guest we're bringing on, Holly Mack. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me, Drew. It's our pleasure. So I know you're into kettlebells. I know you're into movement. We're going to get into those details here shortly. Holly, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into the fitness industry? Okay, so um, I'm a kettlebell instructor living in Edmonton right now. I've been working full-time in the fitness industry for probably four and a half years, almost five. Uh, I specialize in kettlebells, movement, uh, mobility. I kind of do a little bit of everything, calisthenics, body weight, exercise, um, barbell training, strength training, but I really, really focus on the kettlebell and the movement part. I love it. And well, how did you get into it? What were you doing before you were, got into fitness and teaching people how to use their bodies? Okay, so growing up, I grew up playing a lot of sports. Um, my parents put me in dance when I was four, and I think that's kind of where everything started. I, I loved, like, competing and everything about dance, the movement, and then I played a lot of high school sports. I loved track and field. So when I was younger, I kind of knew that I wanted to do some kind of coaching when I grew up, and then I looked into a bunch of schools when I was finishing high school, and I went to Red Deer College, and that's where I did my kinesiology diploma. It was, like, a two-year course, and then when I was doing my uh, kinesiology diploma, I got a job at Absolute Fitness in Red Deer. 
and it was like a gym and I started just working reception, but I was watching all the trainers and shadowing the trainers all the time. And then as soon as I was done my diploma, they hired me on right away as a personal trainer. So I was kind of lucky because I got right into the fitness industry. I know a lot of people, it takes some time to find a job, but I was, I was pretty lucky. I kind of went right into it. And then I took a bunch of certifications once I got to, once I was in absolute, I did like my kettlebell certification, um, a bunch of mobility certifications. Yeah. Lots of stuff like that. It was awesome. It was a good start. And then now from there, you moved to bigger city. And, yeah. And Edmonton. And what are you doing now in Edmonton? In Edmonton, I'm, I'm doing pretty much the same thing. I'm just working out of two different, uh, two different gyms now. So I'm on, I'm working at one on the South side Pure wellness studios. And then I'm working at another one called the foundry athletic training center. So at both I teach pretty much the same stuff I do a lot I specialize mostly in kettlebells so I teach a lot of overall kettlebell fitness and then a lot of body weight training and and mobility so regaining move uh movement in people's joints and where do you think that immobility comes from when we're talking about joints or movement or people just I don't know I feel like sometimes simple (laughs) movements are challenging these days yeah, yeah. So I always get people, people always say move, movement's good for you, you should just move. But a lot of people, people don't know how to move. Um, or they're already restricted in their like muscle tissue or their muscle skeletal system. So that's where I come in. I help a lot of like, I call them desk jockeys. So people that <laughs> sit at a desk all day. Um, so I help them. Um, okay, let's get up out of your desk. And it's cool now. Because I think the fitness industry is starting to change a lot into the mobility side of stuff. So people are getting standing desks. and But then a standing desk can be hard because they're not moving standing. They're just standing there. So then I teach people how to move their hips, move their shoulders, um, just so they don't get that, that muscle tension and headaches and stuff. And where does that interest or maybe passion to teach that come from within you? I think it came from... A lot of it came from Absolute, um, watching the other trainers, how much they moved. Because um, I know the owners of Absolute are martial arts. They do a lot of martial arts. And so movement was really, really important. And it is with kettlebells too. Uh, and growing up a dancer. Uh, it's all about moving from within the joint, not just trying to cheat your way into like a split. If you can't get into the split passively, um, then it's kind of useless. So it's moving through your joints. And that's what dance kind of taught me a lot of that. So yeah. And then I just, I love it. I love helping people, seeing people get into ranges of motion that they might not ever knew they could get into or helping them get like regain them. So you were, you were into dance? Yeah. Oh yeah. I did pretty much everything. I did tap, hip hop, lyrical, contemporary point ballet. Uh, yeah, pretty much all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And do you do any of that now? No, I don't really No. I stopped doing it pretty much when I went to college. I stopped with the dance because, I don't know, it's kind of like leaving your childhood behind and moving on to something new. So yeah. so you could do like a dance kettlebell type of movement. <laughs> I could. I could try. It'd be probably pretty funny, but <laughs> dangerous you, too. <laughs> have you heard of prancer size? No, I've never heard of that. Prancer size? <laughs> or are you just making that up? No, it's. Well, I oh. think it's a real thing. Oh, Matt. Yeah, I've never heard of I've heard of like Zumba and stuff like that, but no, I've never heard of prancer size. It could be not to offend any of our listeners that may be into it, but it might be one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see. Oh, man. Okay, I need to like YouTube this after. You need to check it out. They just kind of dance around and it's a thing. I think it's a thing. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I should look into that. that- <laughs> 
That'd yeah, be funny to watch. It's it's entertaining. So when we get into, we talked about your how movement interests you. So when you teach, is there anything specifically? Let's say some of our listeners are they feel like they're not all that flexible or they have some mobility issues. Is there anything that you could share, uh, you know, vocally or audio only that could uh, help them? I know. I I always say um, like movement is medicine. So the more you move, the better it is on your body. Um, and listen to your body. If it's, if your shoulders are tight, well then you probably need to move them. Um, like simple stuff, shoulder circles, hip circles. I know it sounds so easy going for a walk. That's so good on our joints. Uh, and just get getting out of your chair, standing, uh, that stuff's super important. Do you think a lot of people or a lot of your clients that you're working with, do they sit there they sit in their desks or seats all day and like not get oh. up and walk around? Oh, totally, totally. You get people say they always get so into what their work or into what they're doing, and then they they re, don't realize that oh, okay, it's been four hours, five hours. I haven't even moved out of my seat, and they're in that like caveman position. So your head's bobbed forward, your shoulders are rolled it rolled forward, your hips are tucked under, and that's why we have such bad hamstrings and lower backs because when we're sitting, it's shrinking it's shrinking our hamstrings. It's making them super tight, which is pulling on our lower back. So that's pretty much the common case of why we have lower back pain. It's just sitting. So, so I always recommend just getting up, getting out of that chair. How often do you think we could get up while they're working? Every Could you set an alarm? I think Yeah, something. yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people I'd say like to start with, um, so say you're working for an hour long, okay, get up for 20 minutes within that hour. Um, yeah, so setting an alarm on your phone helps a lot too because then you're more aware of getting up and you have that alarm to get you up. <laughs> And then, so when it when it comes to that mobility, what kind of issues do you find with your clients that are that, that are restricted or have that immobility? Like, are there other health issues that come with that? Like oh lower back? yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So a lot of people will come into training and they have all these goals. I want to lose twenty five pounds. I want to lose thirty pounds right off the bat. That's like their number one goal. But then they can't touch their toes. Or they can't get into a squat, a squat because their ankles are so tight from sitting. Um, so I always address the mobility side of things first with almost all of my clients. I'm like, okay, we're going to take a step back and I'm going to show you some mobility drills. Uh, we're going to see what your flexibility is like. And then usually it's an eye opener for a lot of people that they have restrictions in their muscle skeletal system. Their body has adapted to um, what's wrong pretty much. And then we try to reverse that. And then it's easier to get into their goals of weight loss or building strength or because if you can't, you can't squat down because your ankles and your hamstrings and your glutes are so tight, it's going to make it pretty hard to do an hour long class or uh, hour long session. It's going to hurt. So I dress usually the mobility first. So when you find someone that has the, has restrictions, what, how do you start with them or what do you get them going on? Is it just uh, always, basic flexibility stuff, stretching? Yeah, yeah. So I always I always break it down from head to toe and I hit like all our major our major joints. So I'll hit our neck, our shoulders, um, our upper back, our elbows, our wrists, our hips, our knees, and our ankles, and then we go off of that. So I always start um, simple, simple mobility drills and then we intensify it as we go or we add on more as we go. It's kind of it's a lot of it is just waking up the body because it's so used to not moving. So getting them aware, getting their, their nervous system ready to do, ready to do the work. How often do you think people should be stretching? Every day. For how long? 
Uh, I wouldn't say there's a time limit on it, to be honest. Like a lot of what I teach is it's not passive, it's active. So instead of you coming in here and I'm going to be like, okay, we're going to spend one minute doing a pigeon stretch. Instead, I'm going to work you through the range of motion through your hips. So we're going to do some back and forth between hamstring and hip flexor and you're moving like, pretty much the whole time. So a lot of the time it makes people sweat uh, because it's it can be almost like a workout, to be honest. Like I, I still sweat when I do it. Um, and I've been doing it for five years. So it's a, it's a little different, the mobility, than compared to just a passive stretch. Um, yeah, it's like a mixture of yoga and uh, movement. It's cool. It's more like a flow kind of thing? Yeah, kind of like flow, yeah. Can yeah, we, totally. Can we link a video to our blog post? Do you have anything that our listeners could go and look at? Oh, yeah, totally. My Instagram and so Holly Mac Fitness is my Instagram. And then I also have my website, Holly Mac at ho- or not hotmail.com, hollymac.com, uh, www.hollymac.com. Okay. So they can go there and check out some of these videos you're talking about. Oh, yeah, totally. There's lots of stuff up on there. Okay. Tell me about the kettlebell. Why don't you tell me where your passion or interest comes from, from the kettlebell in particular? Okay. My kettlebell story is a little long one. But <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so when I was working in Absolute Fitness, one day I went to go check the mail. And I actually never knew anything about kettlebell sport when I first started. Like even when I took my certification, I didn't, I knew what I heard of kettlebell sport, but I didn't really know about it or knew anything like specific about it. So one day at work, I went to go check the mail and in the mail was an invitation to a kettlebell competition in Edmonton. And I was like, kettlebells, like kettlebell competition. What is this? Like, I've never heard of it. So then I started looking into it and I was like, whoa, this is cool. And I was actually at the time thinking about doing a powerlifting competition because I was lifting really heavy barbell, but I was losing all my endurance (laughs) and my flexibility. So then I'm like, I seen the kettlebell sport and I'm like, this is interesting because it's different. It looks like strength endurance, but you need your mobility um, to lift for 10 minutes. So then I started YouTubing it. I got programs off of different kettlebell instructors online I became really really obsessed with it and then I didn't have that much time to train for that kettlebell competition so I I signed up for it and then I got right into training uh just buying random programs and stuff not really knowing what I was doing and then I went to the competition and I was thinking I got this I and I was I was registered in the kettlebell snatch um 12 kg so 25 pound kettlebell and I was like, okay, I'm going to make 10 minutes, like no problem. I've done the work. And I get to the competition and I drop the kettlebell within three and a half minutes. And I was like, whoa, there, I'm lacking something. Like, obviously there's more, I'm lacking like some key strengths and technique. And then, yeah, I became pretty obsessed with it because I was like, I want to make 10 minutes one day because there were some athletes there that blew my mind. Sometimes the show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com slash trueformlife. We're on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just at Drew Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at trueformlife. So we're highly active we'd love to connect with you so find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show it's cool it's interesting so 
tell us what is it like what are you doing for is it there are all the competitions 10 minutes long yeah yeah so the kettlebell sport it's an endurance style lifting of competitive of kettlebells like competitively so the objective is to complete as many repetitions as possible in 10 minutes either with one or two kettlebells depending on the event and you have you have your traditional events which are kettlebell snatch kettlebell long cycle and kettlebell biathlon and i started with kettlebell snatch and now i've moved to kettlebell long cycle one arm long cycle so i'm lifting one kettlebell and can you explain what the snatch and long cycle is yeah so kettlebell snatch it's it's a single arm swing coming into overhead position in one fluid motion. Um, so it looks really, really smooth. I always tell people it's like opening up a garage door. Uh, you go straight up with that kettlebell and then you have to lock it out and then you come back down into your swing. Long cycle is a little bit different. It's more gritty. I like to say it's harder. Uh, so you rack your kettlebell into your clean position or your rack position. So you rack it up to your chest and then it's followed by using the legs to dip under the weight, which is called a jerk. And you lock out the kettlebell in overhead position and then back down into your rack position into your clean uh it's it's a lot of movements happening with the long cycle but i love it what is it that you enjoy so much about it i think it's it's a lot of it is like the technique so everyone is so different what works for some person doesn't work for the other to make 10 minutes and you have to you have to have mobility um so you have to have like a flexible upper back to get into that overhead position, or it's going to make it tougher on the athlete to make 10 minutes because they're, they're going to be using different muscle groups. Um, it's very lower body dominant, which I liked because growing up, I, I wasn't very, I was strong in my legs, but I didn't have like the muscle, like lean muscle mass or lean, like strength. Every day is different. And I think the mental side of it too, because the kettlebell teaches me something new every single time. Some days I think I'm really good. And then some days I have to lift a heavier kettlebell, what I'm not used to, and it's it's a new ball game. It's ten times harder, so, so it's the, it's always changing. And what is the goal to see how many to see who can get the most reps within that ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. So when you go to a kettlebell competition, every athlete competes in their weight category and age category. So you're you're put in um, with someone that weighs the same as you, lifting the same kettlebell as you, and around the same age as you. So and, a lot of factors. And then to see how, who could get the most reps within yeah. that 10 minutes. Yeah, who can get the most reps within 10 minutes. And can you take a break? No, you cannot put the kettlebell down. So you get, you can switch arms because I'm doing the, I do the one arm long cycle. So I have one switch in there. And usually you want to try to have even sides. So five minutes on your right, five minutes on your left. A lot of the time my right can go a lot longer than my left. So usually I'm like six minutes and four minutes. Uh, but yeah, you can't, once that kettlebell hits the ground, it's over. And can you switch? Can you switch? Did you say one switch? Yeah, you only get one switch. So do you start with your left, and when that gets tired, you go to your right? <laughs> Actually, I've I kind of switched my way because I used to do yeah starting with my left, but then I found that because I was so nervous because you have so much adrenaline and your nerves are pumping. You're, I found that with my left because I know it's weaker, it kind of made me nervous, and I was always scared. Oh, I'm gonna drop this thing or I'm gonna mess up. So I, I've actually started with my right. I've been training, starting with my right for the last year and a half, I think I've been doing on my right. So I start with my right, push it as far as I can, because I know it's strong. And then I finish with my left. And I've been hitting 10 minutes continuously. And that's a goal. Like that's something that's challenging that's the, to work that's, towards. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main goal is to hit 10 minutes. And if you can make 10 minutes, that's, that's amazing. So I feel like I should try this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you would like it, actually. I think you would like it. You I like, should. 
Okay, I got a kettlebell right here sitting next to you. I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> I don't know how Just much it weighs. don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so you represent, you're going to some serious competitions with this. Are you representing Canada? Yeah, yeah. So I just got back from South Korea in, two weeks ago. I was in South Korea representing Team Canada at wow. the kettlebell world competition. And how did you do? I placed bronze and I did... In 10 minutes, I did 123 reps with a 16 kg kettlebell. Uh, I wish I knew what that was. Is that a lot? I'd imagine <laughs> 16, k- 16 kg <laughs> is 35 pounds. Well, I mean like around is, 35. Is that a oh. lot of reps? Is that your rep- Oh, yeah. 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 And like, for example, in nationals this year. So nationals was held in Moose Jaw. And you have to qualify for Team Canada. You have to hit Canadian nationals. So I think that was in July. I'm pretty sure nationals was in July anyway. And I was, I was doing the one arm long cycle. Cause that's the one I wanted to qualify for team Canada. And I was lifting the 16 kg, um, in my weight class and I did 115 reps and then gearing up for worlds. I hit 123 and that's the strongest I've ever felt under the kettlebell. Wow. It was the training paid off. Yeah. It was a lot, but it paid off. <laughs> what, how many reps would the gold get? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think she did 139 or 130. I can't really remember it. There was a mess up with my weight class. Uh, I was in the weight class, the 53 kg weight class. Well, I thought I was. And then at metal time, I got bumped to the 58 kg weight class because there was a mistake. And apparently the 53 kg weight class has been taken out and we didn't know that. So then I didn't really know what those girls that were in the 58, what their numbers were, but I was still pretty proud of myself because in total, there was about 12 of us. Combining oh. like the weight classes, yeah. And then, so you would, we were third out of 12? Yeah, yeah. But if I was in the 53 weight, kg weight class, I would have took gold. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah. And is this something that you want to continue doing, competing? Oh, 100%, yeah. I've already lo- been looking at other competitions, trying to figure out where I want to go. And what is the next step? Like you've already t- represented Team Canada. <laughs> where- <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that was like that was my number one goal was to make it to Worlds one day in the sport. Because um, Worlds, I've I've usually never had anyone in my weight class, and Worlds, it's it's the entire world. Like there's there's people there that don't speak the same language as you. It was it was crazy, and top judges and top venues, and it was just amazing. But now moving forward, I want to lift heavier, so I want to put on some weight. <laughs> And lift heavier. So when it, you went to Worlds, did you go with how many team members that from Team Canada did you go with? There was 15 of us from Team Canada or and, on Team Canada. And you guys all traveled together? Uh, well, everyone was kind of flying out of different locations in Canada. Like there's quite a few people flying out of Toronto uh, because, because we live in Alberta. They flew us to uh, Vancouver and then from Vancouver we went to Korea. But people were flying out out from different places so i guess that makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) coming from all over canada you wouldn't leave together no it it would be hard to meet up and then and then travel together so we yeah we were all kind of on different flights depending on what flight you got and then so what is there another competition next year is this an annual thing or how does that work oh yeah it happens every single year so this is the first i'm pretty sure this is the first year that kettlebell sport is being looked at by the olympics so this world's was pretty big to be at and eventually moving forward they want to try to push it to get into the olympics so that would be really sweet hopefully i'm still competing by then (laughs) (laughs) so that's something that you would aspire to do 
Oh, hundred percent. That that'd be amazing. And it was, but so, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna keep up with it. I love it. So, what does the training schedule look like for? Are you just lifting kettlebells the whole time, or? Ball? Uh no. So I do I do a mixture of kettlebell training and I do a lot of mobility work. So keeping up with my own recovery, so I can lift heavier. And then I do a lot of strength training. So for like for example, for training for worlds, I was doing kettlebells four four times a week and then I was doing my own strength training like two or three times a week and then before all of my my training sessions I did like a mobility session myself so some foam rolling um and a lot of active stretching so if you're representing team Canada I know it works different in different sports but do you have a team Canada coach do you have someone working with you or are you kind of doing the stuff on your own and then you all come together to represent the country uh, well, that that was like the cool part about moving to Edmonton because when I was in Red Deer, I was pretty much coaching myself while well, I would buy some programs off of different kettlebell instructors online, but I didn't have someone there watching me. And then when I moved to Edmonton, there's a team here called Team Foundry, and I've been watching them since I've been competing. Like their team is so inspiring. Everyone is so nice. All the athletes are awesome. So when I came here, I inquired about joining the team and they knew who I was because they seen me at different competitions. So my coaches here trained me for worlds and same thing for other people in like different provinces, their coaches or their team that they're on in that province got them ready for worlds. So you joined that team so they could help you prepare for worlds. Oh yeah. Yeah. I made like huge leaps in my, um, in my kettlebell in competing in kettlebells. Like, from training by myself there was a lot of stuff I didn't know and technique stuff I was missing and then when I came and I joined the team I was like whoa there was like a lot of things in my technique I never seen but a coach did someone that has been competing in it forever they were noticing and it helped me grow and I think that's why I made worlds this year and what happens with team well is there coaching through team Canada or, or I, I know what you just explained you're with this other team but I mean is there coaching like follow-up or are you in contact with anyone after the competition or yeah you you still like you stay in touch with everyone um from the competition and like there's always competitions throughout the year so you see people that you were with on team canada right uh but when we were like when we were in korea there was representatives for the entire team so there was like um slava he was a representative and then my coach renee I was lucky because she was my coach. She was also a representative, so they kind of took care of us okay. uh, when we were in when we were in Korea, which was nice because it's it was such a foreign country from what I'm used to. Yeah, what was Korea like? Uh, you know, I, I would I wouldn't go back. I liked it. It was an amazing experience, but I don't know if I'd ever go back to Seoul, Korea. It's, it was I think I pictured something different in my head, and then when we got there, we were we were so foreign. Like not very many people speak English. Um, it's such a fast paced city, like it's so massive. And I, I took for granted the space we have in Canada cause they don't have very much space there. It was just, everything was just tight. I've... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> just so many people and like you have no room. I remember when I was in, I uh, lived in Germany for a number of months and it, I'd imagine that South Korea would be even more congested than Germany, yeah. but I was there and it seemed like so many people were like walking around. I was in a, in Hamburg or bigger city and it was yeah. like a a ants. Like I felt like an ant, like just, yeah. there's yeah, so many totally. people and you're just like yeah. walking around amongst thousands of people all the time. 
Yeah, like, that's exactly how I felt in South Korea. And the, the tension from the north, uh, you could feel it. And that was also, I don't know, we take that again, we take that for granted in Canada because we just see stuff on the news. But when you're there and you're kind of part of part of everything, it's it's scary. You can feel it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing kettlebell training now or, or do you teach that in the classes that you run? Yeah, yeah. So I teach I teach overall kettlebell fitness. I don't teach too much of the sports side unless I get a client that asks like specifically they want to learn it just because there's so much more to it um, than just a regular like kettlebell two-hand swing because with sport, sport is called it's like a softer style of kettlebells where when you're doing just a fitness class, it's called hard style. So they're actually really different. So I usually teach just the the kettlebell fitness, overall fitness. All right, Holly, is there anything else? Is Can you direct us to your website again or if there's anything else you'd like to add just before we wrap it up? Um, okay, so my website again is hollymacfitness.com. Uh, so you can usually just type hollymacfitness in Google and it will pop up. And then my Instagram is where I post pretty much all my videos. Um, right now I'm doing 12 days of mobility kind of like 12 days of Christmas, but mobility. So every day I'm posting one mobility drill until Christmas. So if you're interested in knowing any more about the mobility, I highly recommend checking it out right now. And it's on my my Instagram. So that's Holly Mac Fitness. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can download our free app on any Apple device so you never miss a show. All past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. Don't forget to check out our monthly membership where we do fitness routines, recipes, grocery shopping lists, and more, all working towards bringing you a healthier lifestyle. That's at trueformlife.com. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.